it's early March, which means there's optimism for every team, including the teams that may not have the best chance this upcoming season. By a complete coincidence, I'm giving that lead-in to an episode I'm talking about the Colorado Rockies with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. And we are now doing Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, why would I have a lower third that calls me Sully? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm about to begin the fifth season, my fifth opening day, and it is spring training, and you can tell... I didn't button my cuffs, so I got to button them up right now. I got to button them down because we're doing a crossover episode today. By the way, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including picking one totally at random. Let's talk to Paul Holden. Oh, all right. Friend of, the, friend of the podcast, Paul Holden, fresh back from Comic-Con. Yep, that's Paul right. Holden, wait, Comic-Con Denver? No, Seattle, technically. Oh, that's, that's where I'm right. at. That's, you know, it seems like 30% of my guests live in Seattle, where <laughs> I'm dying to live. It's a great How place. I like Seattle a lot. All right, make the pitch. Make the pitch. And uh, if any of you want to support Sully's move to Seattle, please, please, please contact me at Sully Baseball, and we can, uh, you know, we can make this work. I'm trying to see my first home run derby in person this year. That's my that's my big goal with the All Star Game being out here. I'm really hoping to make it to to the derby. The game would be would be cool too. But honestly, I'm more focused on the home run derby. Well, you know, isn't that kind of the way it is? By the way, um, you know, if you want me, I, I'm trying to gather. Uh, basically a grassroots support to get me to Seattle. So if we can make um, Sully to Seattle trend. Hashtag Sully to Seattle. There it is. Hashtag (laughs) Sully to Seattle. Let's make it, let's make a trend. Let's see it happen. I'm already a graduate of uh, Washington State University. Go Cougs. I'm going to fit right in there. I could talk Mariners with anyone. We're not here to talk Mariners. Oh, but, but uh, you know, you bring something up, Paul Holden. Uh, about the all-star game, the game itself has become a bit of a snooze. Mm -hmm. And the home run derby is four quadrillion times more interesting than the game. Quick, who won the game last year? I couldn't tell AL again, right? All right, maybe. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, The two things I love the most about the all-star game are the introduction of the players. I love the introduction of the players. They're all lined up. I I watch past all-star games. I love that. It's my favorite part. Home run derby, and also the the whatever great legends and stars they bring out to throw out the first pitch, to wave to the crowd, all that stuff. I, I eat that up with a spoon. The game becomes an afterthought, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 
And I've been saying for years, this has nothing to do with the Rockies, so Rockies fans, hang <laughs> hang on to your socks for a second. But Paul Holden started this. By the way, remember, hashtag Sully to Seattle. <laughs> um, and also, I've been trying to get people, to, we're trying to get uh, put Sully on the halftime show for the next Super Bowl. Yeah. So let's also go uh, hashtag Sully halftime. Great. Let's keep it going, keep it going. This is how things work. This is, uh, this is called the internet. Um, I've been saying for well over a decade, that if I became the commissioner of baseball, and believe me, it's only a matter of time, um, the, one of the first things I would do is I would change – the biggest change we need to do for the All-Star game is start the season with the All-Star game. Make that be – because the, baseball just kind of starts. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's have a big event with all the stars – and by the way, the way the All-Star game is currently uh, done, it penalizes people who have good second halves. Right. It's basically who are the best players through May is the All-Star huh. team. This way, you have automatic bids. If you're an MVP, you're in. If you're a Cy Young, we'll never have a situation like Jake Arrieta winning the Cy Young Award but wasn't on the All-Star team. You know, Terry Pendleton won the MVP. Kirk Gibson won the MVP. Kirk Gibson won the MVP. <laughs> That's and insane. I am tied with Kirk Gibson in all-star game appearances. That's okay? nuts. <laughs> Zero. If you are brilliant down the stretch the way Jake Arrieta basically pitched the Cubs into the National League Championship Series and was not rewarded for that. And this way, and also there's some automatic bids. The MVP, like the top, the, all the MVP finishers, all the Cy Young finishers, you know, the top where they do the top three rookie of the year finishers. And all the postseason MVPs, Jeremy Pena is going to be in there. You know, um, who was the who was the National League? Um, it was Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so you know, and, and you start the year where everyone has a representative, so it's less egregious in the beginning of the year than it is at the midway point. Going, oh God, we need a Royals, right? And uh, and it's also hey. Let's see all the stars. Let's see all the stars together. If they only play one inning the way it is now, it's okay. Let's see everyone come in. Let's see everyone in their new uniforms, you know? And I think it's a way to do it. Um, I have other ideas of how to put a, a break at the half, at the, at the one-third mark and the two-third mark. That's a whole different episode. But start the season with the All-Star game. That, I to me, that. is a no-brainer. I love this. I mean, because now without the World Series implications, I mean, it really is just kind of whatever. I think that's the argument for every All-Star game. And I think that would be a cool way to celebrate it, especially if there was a, a specific city. You know, maybe it's at Cooperstown or something every year or something or like that, where it's, you know, where this the, the, the bouncing around the cities is great. But uh, it would be cool if like, hey, you know, that opening day is in Cincinnati or whatever, you go to Cincinnati and you play there and then you go out and then you start the season after that or something. Or you play in a warm weather city or a city with a dome. Right. Which is enough. Like Seattle, by the way, <laughs> let's uh, remember, let's send Sully to Seattle. Um, no, I just, I think, and you know, when you go into the regular season and there's the great optimism, like the, like, you know, Rockies fan may think, oh boy, it's been a rough year or so, but there's always that sense of, but every year there's that one team 
that one team that catches everyone with their pants down or that or if not into the playoffs, that one team like what happened with Baltimore last year, which is you had bad year after bad year. And suddenly, oh, wait a minute. They won more than they lost. They were competitive. Mm-hmm. They weren't tomato cans anymore. And so when you send your all star rep, it sometimes it's embarrassing when you look up and go like, God, there's a guy with a five ERA on the all star team. Well, you know, the Royals needed a pitcher. You right. know, and and this way every team has at least one player going into the season thinking, Hey, I think he'll be good. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, then the general manager's done a, a horrific job. Right. But um I you know it's you know, th- think of all the you know, there's enough warm weather cities, although you wouldn't know it from Los Angeles the last few weeks where it's been absolutely freezing. <laughs> Or you could, you know, you have a dome in Toronto, you have a dome in Seattle, you have a dome in uh, Milwaukee, you know, you have roofs in the Texas teams in Arizona and the Florida state. I mean, there's, there's enough places to play it. And if you could have a kind of rotate, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like a fun way to start the year. I think so too. It's opening day is usually a big celebration. Anyway, every team's usually playing. I, I think this would be a great way to make like an opening weekend or something out of it. And then the home team plays like the next day to let, you know, a home team and one other team play a series and they're the big marquee matchup. And then the Sunday or something is the full slate of games. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, starts it in the afternoon. I I, I like it. And I think that is, I think you kind of nail it where it gives teams uh, the opportunity to show off like, Hey, here's this player. That's going to be pretty good for the Rockies. You know, if that was, if the all-star game was before the season, I think they wouldn't be sending a CJ crone. They'd be sending one of the, uh, an exciting player like Brendan Rogers, who I I was about, I was uh, absolutely, I was about to say Brendan Rogers (laughs) is who I, you know, uh, who would be, who I believe is going to be the Rockies star this year. Unfortunately, already a shoulder injury. This uh, into spring here, but I still think it, It'll be okay, and I, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of someone like Brendan Rodgers, and the Rockies can say, "Hey, here's our here's our new guy," or you know, you can send Chris Bryant, and it's the safe and easy call, and you can remind people that Chris Bryant plays for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, and and the other thing is, is that especially because there's no, and I, you know, I was kicking and screaming against the Universal DH. I like that both leagues played in a different set of rules. I think it it was a unique element of baseball, but. Do you know what I like more than having a DH and no DH? I like having labor peace and yeah. I like having a full <laughs> season. So, you know, uh, you know, I can live with the universal DH. I'm having a real hard time living with the ghost runner on second. I still say tie after 12, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you won't have, I, I'm, I agree. I don't want 14, 15, 17 in games in the middle of April, but tie after 12, let's go. And, you know, then it affects the winning percentage as opposed to, you know, you're, you're letting the best winning percentage into the playoffs. And either way, that's a different, again, different, different, different <laughs> conversation. But there's virtual, there's no difference between the leagues. They, there's interleague play all the time. Um, I think they got, I think throw the leagues out, realign into four uh, yeah. regional uh, divisions. But especially the, the, you know, before everyone gets, you know, too precious about the, the tradition of the all-star game remember it was created in the mid-30s as kind of a single-time exhibition during a world's fair in chicago and because it made so much money they said hey let's keep doing this Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that abner doubleday wrote down in a scroll and said and there shall be (laughs) an american and national league all-star no it, it it was done for money in the 30s and 
sports and media in the 30s is kind of sort of different than sports and media in 2023. <laughs> there was no Netflix. <laughs> I'd say a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I, I, I think it is. It, I think all of this is is a good idea. I think it is. It, it's a lot of change coming for baseball, but I think the changes are are, are to be embraced. You know, the pitch clock has been one of the big ones. I think that's the the, the extra ones. It's it is kind of weird, but I'm kind of glad at least baseball is willing to try. And as a Rockies fan, I'm going to sit here and say Universal DH is great for us. And your yeah. idea of uh, realigning, get us the heck out of the NL West as soon as possible, and I will be happy, happy, happy. No questions asked well look at i think that you know we're going to talk about it a little bit but you know it's it you know it's fun this time of year but it is it's without a doubt that the the rockies are not a surefire bet to win the national league west but who knows they could be that long shot to contend for one of those wild card spots and by the way if you're going to be making any bets it is time to go to fan duel now fan is the new partner, the new betting partner for the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're midway through the NBA season. Hey, are you an NBA fan? I am very much on the Nuggets bandwagon. I haven't been a big NBA guy, but when when you got a guy like the Joker playing for, for, for your hometown team, I am all aboard the Nuggets bandwagon. Well, why so serious there? And uh, <laughs> as someone who grew up with Mikhail and Bird and Parrish and DJ and Danny Ainge, you know, of course, I'm being caught up in this whole Celtics you know, uh, bandwagon as well. And I can't wait to see if they can repeat going to the NBA finals. But hey, I could put my money down at FanDuel and feel, you know, even though it's gambling, you know what? They've got the no sweat first bet. You can make that for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure. It's easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from money line point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The Rockies odds for uh, World Series. Last I checked for our friends at FanDuel, uh, sitting at a nice plus 20,000 if you really want to be uh, going okay. for a, a risky bet. Plus 20,000. I think it actually got bumped up to plus 30,000. Okay, is that okay? Is that to win the World Series? Yes, to just, win okay. the World Series. Okay, yeah. so uh, now here's something. I just read some copy for FanDuel. I don't know how to bet. This is one reason <laughs> why I'm not in serious financial trouble right now. Okay, but let's just say, you know, we're trying, trying very hard to, you know, get the fans to uh, send me to Seattle, Sully to Seattle, <laughs> hashtag. Um, but so let's just take that for a second, because I don't quite understand what some of that means. So you're smarter than me on some things. Uh, so so it was for the for the Rocks to win the world, to win the 2023 World Series. The Rocks, what is the what are the odds was, right now? They were at plus 30,000. So plus 30,000. Okay. So let's say I take, and again, this is how dumb I am. Let's take $100. I take a Franklin. I take 100 pigs. And I go to FanDuel on my app. It's so easy to use. I got my first day parlay 
you know, Doris Day, you know, Trevor May. Okay. <laughs> and I say, here is $100. I'm betting on the rocks to win the world series. And suddenly it's rocktober all over again. Matt Holiday's sliding and missing home plate all over again. Well, and this time, this time, Holiday doesn't get picked off at first. This time, the Rockies go on a big rally, and they wind up winning it all. And all of a sudden, Blake Street is the street of champions. How much money am I getting back? You're taking back uh, thirty thousand dollars if the if, if on that bet. If you put a hundred dollars up at our friends at FanDuel on the Rockies to win the World Series, mm-hmm. you would be winning uh, thirty thousand okay. dollars. I thought it'd be a lot more than that because I thought that was thirty. Uh, that was plus thirty thousand dollars as it is. Isn't I, that right? Uh, you know, I'm also a pretty big big rookie as well, but I okay, put. I thought, I, thought it had, I thought it would add two zeros at the end. That's if I, I thought that if I put one dollar down, it would get thirty thousand. We boy, we are the absolute <laughs> right people to be reading copy for a sports book. By I put way, it in the sports book, though. I confirmed. I put the bet into Fanduel. I didn't place it, but so uh, I don't, okay. I thought I was going to be a millionaire. No, no, not a millionaire, but but here's what the do deal. I have to put it to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you might need, let's see, to be a millionaire, that might be, the max wager is 500 that you can do on the Rockies. All right, so it says, okay, let's, I'm, I'm throwing down 500 pigs. $150,000 is what you could win for okay. the Rockies to win the World Series if you put uh, the, the, the uh, so basically you're what, you're, you're, I don't even know, math, it's not what I signed up for, you know? All right, well, there you go, we'll look at, <laughs> what we're saying is they're a long shot. Long shot, long oh, shot oh. indeed. But Sully, I don't think I think a lot of people think the Rockies are worse than they are. I think I do the too. Rockies, I, I think so too. But keep. I think the well, Rockies go on. are are an Orioles type team where I think that you'll sit there if things go well for them, you'll sit there and say, "Wow, they're better than we thought." They're not great. They're not going to win the division this year by by any stretch of the imagination, or or, or you know, really compete. But could they be a team that's playing above 500 competitive ball at yes, the end of I the think season? So. Yes, 100. percent Yeah, I think that's honestly most likely what's going to happen because last year's Rockies team was, you know, Chris Bryant was supposed to be a huge part of that team, and the the, the health was not there, and that's unfortunate. But all signs are pointing so far to this spring in the off season that Chris Bryant's going to be ready. We we mentioned a little bit. I think Brendan Rodgers is has potential to be a a top five second baseman in all of baseball. I, I think you're going to learn the people that don't know are going to learn the name Brendan Rodgers, and uh, the Rockies have some really exciting prospects and. I think they got some steals of bullpen pieces. The Rockies instead this year when they're turning to their bullpen, they had a classic bullpen collapse in their uh, spring training game today, but they're turning to some more veteran guys out of the bullpen. They get a Denilson Lamette. They get a Brent Suter from the, from the, uh, from the Brewers, two guys that the, they kind of just snagged off of waivers who are going to bring some more depth to this Rockies uh, 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 bullpen. They're not going to set any records. They're not going to be one of the best, but they should help the Rockies win these, these close ball games. I like pickups like Denelson Lamette a lot, and I'll tell you why. I like pitchers who were once considered like top prospects who never quite exploded the way people thought they were. Lamette is a classic example. He was in San Diego for a while, and a lot of people thought he was going to be a frontline starter. Never quite panned out the way they thought. But I like players like that and, and taking a flyer on players like that. You know, Obviously, the greatest example of that happening was Andrew Miller, 
who was considered to be, who thought everyone thought it was going to be in uh, like Tom Glavin 2.0 and it didn't work out. Instead, he, he reinvented himself into an outstanding relief pitcher for, you know, a better part of a decade. I like it when you give a pitcher a shot who says like, hey, just dig deep and find a little bit of that talent that you have. And we're not asking you to be an all-star. We're asking you to be a good pitcher. And, you know, there's no pressure on you. Just be a good pitcher and show everyone that you're a good pitcher. And I, I like it when teams like the Rockies take flyers on pitchers like that. Because sometimes, it, you know, I mean, look what that, they did with Daniel freaking Bard. I'd say that's I mean, a prime. I'd say that's a prime example of it working out incredibly. I mean, this is a guy right. who's been out of the game for what was it? Six, seven, eight Five, years, six years, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. And then he comes back to a place that's notoriously tough to pitch in amidst the pandemic and a million other things. And, Daniel Bart's been uh, one of the best closers in the game. Statistically, he's up there. I mean, he had, I think he had something like 30, 40 saves or something like that last year uh, for, for Daniel Bard. He, he had, 30, he's he up had there. 34, he had 34 saves last year. Um, and then the year before, obviously he had a, he had a sky high earned run average, but he saved 20 games. You kind of have to throw earned average out a little bit when you're pitching your home games in Denver. Uh, and then the COVID year, that would come back after he had he pitched for the 2013 world champion Red Sox, but he only pitched two games that his whole season and then came back in 2020 and threw 23 games in the COVID season and saved six for a Rockies team that wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and he last year he was outstanding, mm-hmm. he was a and, legit all star to- caliber, yeah. Yeah, I, I would think honestly there was a, an argument to be made that that he should have been the Rockies' uh, All Star representative. CJ Crone was just red hot uh, going basically into right. uh, the break. That's when he was hitting a lot of his home runs. He started declining a little bit going into there, but um, Daniel Bard ha- is it's something that you just kind of sit there and you have to give the Rockies credit for these types of moves. They are pretty good at picking up some people and, and giving them a shot. There, there's. Not a lot of risk in going for Daniel Bard, and the benefits have, have outweighed it. And now the Rockies have a pretty darn good closer. I mean, again, I'm, I don't think Daniel Bard is going to be your elite guy. These, you're certainly not going to have a stadium with trumpet synced up lights to to go along with 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 Bard coming out of the bullpen. But it's nice when you have Daniel Bard coming in the game. You feel more confident than not. But just like you saw today, control issues can still be a plague for Daniel Bard. But again. We're asking him to be the closer in an environment that's not as high stakes right now. And I, I still think that's and that's exactly what he needs. And Daniel Bard's the exact type of guy you need for pitchers that are looking for a bounce back. Pitchers that are, are playing with the Rockies now or these players, a lot of the utility players that are now at the Rockies for the first time uh, or bouncing around on these teams. He's the type of guy that says, hey, I've made it. And I've made it into now three, two and a half, I guess, if you want to count the pandemic of great ball or, or I'm well, major league ball. Here's here's where I uh, and I I'm actually a firm believer in this and this is that despite any rumors I've never been a major league player, but when you have a team like the Rocks who are developed now I don't look at I think they're going to be uh, a mid to high seventies win team mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be a winning team but I think they're going to be improved I think they have some players who are healthy who were not healthy last year I think they have a bunch of players some players who kind of we're cutting their teeth last year, but I do think when you have a team that's filled with that has young players and they're just trying to 
turn things around, turn the culture around. You saw this with Baltimore last year. If you have a good bullpen, you're not losing those frustrating games that you walk like, God, we blew it. We had it in our hands. And I think that, look, at every team's going to win 60 games. Every team's going to lose 60 games. It's those middle games, that middle 40, that determine the worst teams and the best teams. And if you feel like a bunch of those games are blown by the bullpen, where you have a two-run lead in the ninth and you lose and all that, I that has to weigh on a team. Mm-hmm. That has to that sense of that we should have had that one. And when you cut back on those games, and one way to cut back on those games is to have a decent bullpen that doesn't cough up late games. That's one way you build up the confidence of a pitching staff. That's one way you build up the confidence of young players on the team who know that their great play wasn't you know, for naught or their solid start wasn't wasted. Or they said, I had a crappy start, but my team picked me up. And if if the Rocks are trying to move and the Zach Veen era is right around the corner or Drew Romo is right, whoever their big prospects are coming right around the corner, if you're trying to change the culture of the team like Baltimore did last year, which has to be kind of the blueprint for a team like the Rocks, I think that the, building the bullpen is the smart thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's tough to get people to want to pitch in Colorado. You know, that's that's it. And that's why I think doing things like adding Lamette and, and going after and getting Suter and being aggressive on these waiver wires of vets is exactly the way to do it. Now, I, I want to have confidence in this Rockies bullpen. I got to see more. There's a couple of young guys of just uh, one, Justin Lawrence. He's one that I think is really interesting. The guy throws uh, in some insane velocity, but Control has to be an issue. One thing we've seen from the Rockies early this spring uh, is walks have been really brutal. This is a team that's already walking a lot of people in spring training. I know that it's a it's a big difference. It's early. There's young guys. There's guys that maybe aren't playing at the major league level quite yet. But the Rockies have to be a team that prevents themselves from giving free passes. And that's really what's going to kill them in the end. You're right, because. The bullpen should be good enough to keep the Rockies in in close games, but if you give a team a, a free runner on base in the bottom, in the top of the eighth at Coors, you're going to be in a situation where uh, you know you're going to be in trouble real real fast. We're here with the great Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. Uh, two of the big names in their farm system are uh, Ezekiel Tovar and Warming Bernabel. Am I saying that right? Yeah, uh, it, uh, I I haven't heard much about uh, Abel. Yeah, that's the one. Warning, I think it's warning a bell. It, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, something, but um, he's the one I'm not too familiar with. But Tovar, it is all signs are pointing to him being the starting shortstop for the Colorado Rockies here this year. And right, this is this is a team. Uh, this is a this is a guy the Rockies really believe a lot in and. It's a team that's had no issue of handing the keys to uh, to a short a young shortstop and say here it is. It worked with it worked with Tulo, worked with Story. Yeah, now let's hope it works with Tovar. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, like that. You know, uh, I've heard Tovar's name um, a little bit over the last few years. Did he have a cup of coffee with the team last year or about he... nine games? They called him up right at the end of the season. Oh yeah, I see. I see him here. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember if he, if he made it to the team or not. I've heard his name for the last few years because he's, you know, he's been a heralded prospect for a few years and he was one of the reasons why Colorado felt that they could, you know, let story walk. 
Um, Let Story yeah. walk, mind you. Not trade him and uh, do anything and getting uh, anything more than uh, just one draft pick for Trevor's story. But uh, looking, yeah. Looking. Paul Holman of Locked on Rockies. I'm trying to be positive here, okay? <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, this is. I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to be a glass. I'm trying to have a glass half full. Uh, you know, mindset with the rocks here, and you're trying to bring up the reminders of the fact that they wet the bed at the <laughs> trade deadline when a bunch of teams could have used Trevor's story. They could have got at least one, if not major league ready prospect, at least close to major league ready prospect, and they didn't. They did Are not. you happy now? <laughs> Are you happy now? I, I am because I wanted to bring this up because the Rockies have earned and deserve the criticism. But you hear people talk about the Rockies, especially this offseason, and they say they didn't do anything. They're not spending money. How are they going to compete? But the Rockies had an offseason where they were sneakily building up for this next wave. The Rockies aren't competing with the Dodgers and the Padres right now. They know that as much as they don't want to say that they will never they Dick Monfort hates teams that spend too much money and he hates teams that tank. So instead, you just have the Rockies who will who strive for mediocrity. But instead of going and blowing a bunch of money this offseason, the team is preparing for a moment where the Padres and the Dodgers can't keep this up forever. There's going to be a moment, I think, coming soon where the Dodgers more likely are going to have something where they can't keep everybody. And yes, they'll be able to replenish and they have the farm systems and stuff. But the Rockies next window actually looks visible and these criticisms can actually start being put in the the rearview mirror because if Tovar is great, then that's a huge step up. That means you have a, a potential wonderful and gold glove caliber uh, shortstop next to your gold glove third baseman next to your gold glove second baseman rebuilding your infield just like you kind of had it in the past before and on top of that you have Montero as well if he breaks out then you can start feeling a little bit better about the Nolan Arenado trade you can never fully swallow the pill of the Arenado trade it'll never pan out in my opinion to be it was it would have been worth it to stick with Arenado more in the long run because I think Arenado as a player is worth more than uh, what we'll see. But if Montero breaks out, then you feel better about that. Then you can really start looking at uh, the positives of that trade. And if the Rockies outperform expectations, you can kind of see that there is a future for this team. And this folks, this team ain't a 65 win team. There's a lot of people out here saying that the Rockies are, are going to be the worst, if not uh, one of the worst teams in baseball. No, I don't think so. They'll be a bottom 10, but our friends at FanDuel had him at 65 wins this year, and this is a team with with a healthy Chris Bryant, with a Charlie Blackman that's going to spend most of his time playing on offense, and a bunch of exciting prospects that they're going to steal some games. And, and we mentioned a little bit of some changes, too. Um, a lot more teams that don't have a lot of experience coming to Coors are going to have to come to Coors Field, and if the Rockies make it the weapon that it, that it can be, they're going to be a threat at home, and, and that's a big chunk of the season. And look at, um, by the way, I'm trying to figure out who the, uh, what were the draft picks that the Rocks got for um, Trevor Story? Um, uh, they, he, they got the, they got the condi- the conditional pick for is, him being. Was it Sterling Thompson and Jordan Beck? Were those the two that they drafted for him? Uh, let's see. I was trying to think because, like, like if one of them turns out to be kind of like how. Uh, Mike Trout was the uh, compensation pick when the uh, Angels lost Mark Teixeira, um, which I think they, they're, they're fine with that. Um, uh, I was wondering, like, if, 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 you know, if Sterling Thompson, a right fielder from uh, the University of Florida, comes up and becomes an all-star outfielder for the Rocks, I think wonder 
you know, if that'll be fine in, in their eyes. Hey, who did they, who did they get, did, did they have anyone left in the Arenado deal that's, that's really uh, productive? Forgive me if I don't remember all the details of the Arenado trade. The big, the, the big name, this one, Austin Gomber continues to, he lost his spot in the rotation. He was one of the big headline pieces. He was the mm-hmm. pitcher that the Rockies got. He lost his spot in the rotation to being a pretty solid long relief guy. The Rockies actually really needed him out of the bullpen. He has got the guy that could go three, four innings for the Rockies in case uh, some issues early on. But the name, the big name and, and one to watch is the Aileris Montero. He is the third baseman. He was the top prospect in that trade. Mm-hmm. I can't remember actually the other, the other part of the trade. I think there's one more prospect involved in the Arenado deal, but he's the big one to watch. But the frustrating thing with Montero is, Right now, there's no clear spot for Montero to get everyday playing time, and he played most of the season with the Rockies last year. He's 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 majorly he's he's pro ball ready, but the Rockies have Ryan McMahon, who they extended at third base, and they also are sticking with CJ Crone at first base, and Michael Tolia, another top prospect, has to get playing time over there. So, Rockies have Aileris Montero, who was kind of the supposed to be the big focus of the Arenado trade but they don't have a spot to put him in the lineup. And I'm in the mindset of this guy's got to get in the lineup five, five, six days a week at minimum. If we're really supposed to see what he can do. And if he's the the next third baseman for the Rockies, but they're also facing the fact that they extended their third baseman that they really like in Ryan McMahon. Well, maybe that, maybe that makes McMahon a, uh, uh, a more appealing trade target. If he is more than, if they're, if it's more than a rental. Yeah, I you know I I think the Rockies have a few they they have veterans that they really should be shopping at the deadline it, unless the Rockies have found them they have caught fire this whole season and they really believe they can go something special. Ryan McMahon and CJ Crone should be interesting options at the deadline. CJ Crone is 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 a fine first baseman and a power bat that can help a playoff team. He's also blocking prospects. I mean, and that's what the Rockies, they embraced playing their young guys uh, last year. Now, how are they going to do it? Because Ryan McMahon and CJ Crone are both good players, but do they fit into the long-term picture of the Colorado Rockies? Chris Bryant ain't going anywhere. No one's going to touch that contract. Uh, Charlie Blackman isn't going to get traded. He's going to finish his career. With the call. If, if Charlie Blackman is traded, that'll be a huge shock to me and, and a big, uh, a big change. So, I, I think when you're looking at potential moves for the Rockies, now, again, this would require the Rockies to make a trade at the trade deadline. Uh, it would, you know, CJ Crone and, and Ryan McMahon would be uh, two ones. And I would say Daniel Bard could fit into that category as well. Well, look at one person's not going to be moved is Mr. Paul Holden, who is the wonderful host of Locked on Rockies. And for your sake, I hope the Rockies do have a big uh, uptick in their win because it's, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot more fun to do the show when you're <laughs> when there's something to talk about in August. Paul Holden, uh, where can people follow your show? You can find us at LO Rockies on Twitter. You can find me at Paul Holden 33. And we, uh, every time we record an episode live, uh, we do it live streamed on our YouTube channel. So if you find us in Locked On Rockies on YouTube, you can ask your questions live in the YouTube chat and we'll, we'll talk it through and, and ask there. And yes, yeah, Sully, I, I think uh, for, for the baseball fans out there, Keep your eyes on the Rockies. There's going to be some interesting players. And uh, my my big take, like I said, Brendan Rodgers, he's going to be your Rockies all-star representative and, and someone you should keep an eye out for. Well, think of what we just even casually said here. Rodgers, Tovar, Montero. This could be the basis of a very good infield for years to years to come 
in Denver. And, and so, the potential comeback player in the year and Chris Bryant, if he has a good year and, 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 and he hits over 30 home runs and, and, and swings a good bat. I mean, there's going to be a great hard. argument for Bryant to be, uh, to be in that, that category as well. Well, look, there's a great argument for you to be listening to Locked on MLB and Locked on Rockies as your first and second listen. For your third one, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Follow us at Locked on MLB Pods. On Twitter and on Instagram, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Being optimistic about the Colorado Rockies with Paul Holden. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.